This week on the Country Music Media Podcast. Most of us figured it out and understand now why I was wrong. The worst of us continue to yell these insults as grown-ass men, happy to say that you're a lesser man if you're offended by it. Kid Rock is wrong, just like Morgan Wallen was wrong. The problem is there's not really any way Kid Rock can be punished. He's kind of above being held accountable on these kinds of things. Welcome to episode 67 of the Country Music Media Podcast. I'm Billy Dukes on Twitter at Billy Dukes. I Instagram at Serious Journalist. Ward Gunther from Apple Music Radio and Whiskey Jam was on the podcast on Monday. I really liked Ward's answer to if Whiskey Jam can get too big. He also tells a really good Luke Combs story and shares how he's embracing diversity as a radio DJ now. Emily R. and Marcus Dowling, two award winners prior to that on the show. And another one coming up on Monday, R.J. Curtis, who is the executive director of CRB, Country Radio Broadcasters. He's a Country Radio Hall of Fame inductee, and I wanted to have him on the podcast to talk about a philosophy of radio that's seemingly irrelevant nowadays. What you don't play can't hurt you. What's changed? Thanks for everyone who's rated and reviewed the podcast and, most importantly, shared the show. Older episodes about country artists as stock bubbled up to the top of my Twitter feed this week, with my new hot pick being Nico Moon. I'm going to be sure to bring that back in quarter three, perhaps with a guest. Only going to speak on two stories this week, and one is pretty active. Really, it's been a pretty slow news week, aside for more tours. I think Brooks and Dunn announced a tour. And honestly, it's kind of felt like everybody's on vacation this past week. Emails are slow. Video views are slow. Traffic maybe even is a little bit slow for you if you follow those things in the industry. It's kind of that return to summer, return to life all at once. And it tends to happen every time of year around this time of year. TheRap.com, which calls itself the essential source for entertainment insiders, reports that negotiations between CBS and the ACM Awards are getting a little frosty over a $22 million price tag for the show in 2022. If you ever wondered what it costs a network to host an award show, that's it, $22 million. More or less is the going rate, or at least that's what the ACMs are asking for, the ACMs and Dick Clark Productions. Declining ratings are the issue for CBS and Dick Clark Productions, often written as DCP, they're negotiating to take the show to NBC, which is a little like trading Michael Jordan to the Pistons. You know, they've been at CBS for a long, long time. Moving to NBC would be a pretty monumental shift. The last contract had a $20 million price tag, but ratings for the last two shows, which have both happened amid a pandemic, have been pretty poor albeit less poor than other award shows. I think that's important to turn out that country award shows, while ratings have been down, haven't done as bad as, say, the Golden Globes, the Oscars, the Billboard Music Awards. Dick Clark Productions says all of this is just sort of the normal negotiation kind of stuff, so they downplayed it a little bit. Meanwhile, though, ABC and the CMA Awards, they're reported to be close to finalizing a deal for $22 million dollars, that's also per The Wrap. Uh, and these stories, I'll link to them at countrymediapodcast.com. They're behind a paywall, but you can find the links there if you want to read the first few paragraphs. I think it's impossible to see this news 
as anything but CBS acknowledging that the ratings for the ACMs aren't coming back in any kind of way. A 10% raise year over year, that's not a big ask, especially compared to some of the sports contracts with television networks that reach into the billions of dollars. Obviously, much, much more money to be made with an NFL contract or an NHL contract and an award show contract. But there's a significant streaming and digital incentive to those contracts as well. No one as of yet is getting that kind of creative in the award show space. Dick Clark Productions is in charge of a number of award shows, so you could see like a package going to the same network like NBC, who I believe hosts the Billboard Music Awards. Would you watch the Grammys or the CMAs or the Oscars on Amazon Prime or YouTube? That's hard to imagine. And I think you need to reimagine what these shows are about to target that kind of streaming audience. ABC might be on that. Uh, the rap article points out that Disney can use Hulu and Disney Plus for some of what they're calling shoulder programming. This would be like a side hustle, some complimentary programming. That's the ticket there. You know, maybe some live concert programs leading up to the show, something having to do with fashion, maybe follow an artist's journey to the ACM Awards or the CMA Awards. Outside the box thinkers needed. That's, that's all I'm saying. And yeah, I reached out to the writer for the rap for more information. Maybe I'm misinterpreting things. But navigating changing viewing habits is going to be a big, big issue for all award shows in the next three, five, or seven years. And quite frankly, I don't think all will survive. The other story is Kid Rock did Kid Rock last week. And I think his actions raise some pretty interesting questions as we take sort of a bigger picture look at equality in country music. But I also think he presents a really interesting dilemma for country music media. How do we cover Kid Rock? He's a sometimes artist that in most instances only makes news for doing wild and outlandish things. There have been a few humanitarian moments with Kid Rock and and some opportunities to cover some new music, but he's not doing the media circuit. Let me back up a little. If you're new to this story, Kid Rock was captured last week on someone's phone using the F word. They videoed him using the F word, and I don't mean the F-U word but the one that people have used for decades to insult gay people, the F-A word. Actually, I think he used both of them, the F-U word and the F-A word, to be fair. And he told the person with the phone to put his phone away. He did it with some level of aggression. You know, it didn't start with a, a polite request. You know, Kid Rock wasn't saying, please, good sir, could you please pocket your smartphone as I spread good cheer to the people? And that wasn't the way it went down for him. You know, he ratcheted that thing up to 10 really quickly. It was caught on camera, spread by TMZ once again. This time, people defended it by saying that children of the 80s did not know that particular F word to be an acute insult growing up. It was used somewhat generally as a way of saying that someone was being weak or dumb or something. And I, I can tell you that that's true. That argument is not helping Kid Rock's cause. All right, listen, growing up, I played golf or sports with, like, friends and and family members. And if you hit a putt short, they'd say, all right, does your sister play? Or your friend might call you Nancy, or or your uncle may ask if you need to be wearing a skirt. And and I'm not talking about, like, big, overcompensating, testosterone-driven meatheads. I mean, like, normal guys of the day. This, This was, like, typical children of the 80s Metro Detroit language. 
And in this case, I'm particularly educated on the language that Kid Rock heard because, like him, I grew up in Metro Detroit, middle class, ears open to a, a kind of steel mill kind of world. That's how people talked. The thing is, though, I recognized that this behavior was insulting them, and it's damn offensive now. It took a while. And I'm going to share a story here with hopes that it's not taken out of context. In the under, you can understand that this was something that happened that I was a part of when I was five to seven years old before I, I learned what certain words meant. We used to play a game, a football game, where one person would run around with the ball and the rest of the group would try to tackle him. You know, pretty innocent game for kids to play. I was young, five, seven years old, eight years old. We played this, we called this game Smear the, and it's another word that is no longer derogatory for uh, gay men, but was then. Obviously, that's a terrible name. Was then, certainly is now, but no one knew in my group of friends what a queer was. The best of us figured it out and understand now why it was wrong. The worst of us continued to yell these insults as grown-ass men, happy to say that you're a lesser man if you're offended by it. Kid Rock is wrong, just like Morgan Wallen was wrong. The problem is there's not really any way Kid Rock can be punished. He's kind of above being held accountable on these kinds of things. I mean, people are going to say, why doesn't country media cancel Kid Rock? Morgan Wallen fans may say that. Why aren't you doing to Kid Rock what you did with Morgan Wallen? I mean, the short answer is there's just no leverage. He doesn't have new music. He's not releasing songs to radio. Airplay, as is, is pretty minimal. Maybe you'll hear all summer long in picture, but that's about it on country radio. I think his last album was three years ago in 2018, so it's not even like you can be angry with his record label, Broken Bow Records. They're not doing anything for him anyways right now. He's sort of on ice. The best they could do is issue some sort of statement, but I think that could fairly be seen as some sort of moral grandstanding. It'd be virtue signaling. He's really sort of at this point where he isn't relying on the music machine anyway, so what good would taking him off the country cookout playlist on Spotify do? And by and large, no one did anything. In fact, no one really seemed to be all that upset by it. I think, though, you could make a case that using the F word like he did in 2021 is at least equal to Morgan Wallen using the N word. If for no other reason, that Kid Rock doubled down on it. He's also older, so he's had a little bit more time to, to know better. And he said it with hate in his voice. That was an insult. He was insulting that man. I mean, Morgan, on the other hand, he was saying it to a friend. There wasn't hate in his voice. He was thought he was being a good friend. Kid Rock knew what he was doing. He knew he was insulting someone. So Kid Rock, he'll keep being Kid Rock. And if you're in the media trying to figure out how and when to cover him, I'm here to tell you as much and as aggressively as possible. He's a joker in a game where jokers are wild. Report that news, write that op-ed, take aim at him on social media. I'm not saying you should break standard news best practices by any stretch of the imagination, but if it's an op-ed and it's a well-written op-ed and you can support it with facts, write it. There's, there's not only no consequences for him, there's none for you. The clown show doesn't get to have PR reps who call you and tell you they don't appreciate what you're saying. And because he's choosing not to play the game with country media, 
he also has no leverage. What interview am I not going to get? You know, the upside, that's free money. Covering Kid Rock when he hauls off and does something irresponsible, that's hot content. Kid Rock is amongst a group of celebrities that that I call do-nothing all-stars. You know, these are sort of country-related celebrities who, who really don't do anything in the genre any longer because... But because they once lived here, we can fairly cover them in country music. Janet Kramer's a do-nothing all-star at the moment. She lived in country music. She doesn't really release music any longer. Uh, She's got a podcast, but we all grew pretty invested in her relationship, and she continues to stoke that investment. So it's fair to cover her somewhat aggressively. Julianne Huff, she was another do-nothing all-star for a really long time. If your coverage stretches into lifestyle and television, Dog the Bounty Hunter, he's sort of the king of do-nothing all-stars. When the Morgan news dropped, everyone had to sort of wipe their eyes to see if what they were reading was real. I mean, maybe TBMZ had it wrong. TMZ never has it wrong. They may be gossipy, but they have a pretty high news standards. Maybe you tried to reach out to his label or his publicist, but no one was picking up the phone. But still, it felt like we needed to do some level of due diligence there just because it was so unbelievable. With Kid Rock, there's just not that same level of respect. You can swing for the fences and lap it all up. By the numbers this week, pretty static. Morgan Wallen has the number one album again, followed by a pair of Luke Combs albums. Brett Young's new Weekends Look a Little Different album is the top debut at number nine. Song Sales finds Nelly and Florida Georgia Line at number one with Little Bit, followed by Wine, Beer, Whiskey by Little Big Town, and Forever After All by Luke Combs. Luke has the number one streamer with Forever After All, followed by Little Bit and Chris Stapleton's Tennessee Whiskey. Most added is Zach Brown Band with Same Boat. Number one airplay is Luke Combs' Forever After All for the third straight week. That same song spends its seventh week at number one on the Hot Country Songs chart. Big thanks to Billboard for the charts, Taste of Country for the job, and Ward Gunther for the conversation earlier this week. A reminder that R.J. Curtis, who took all the arrows several years ago when CRB was being attacked for too few women at the New Faces show, he's going to be my guest on Monday to talk about when and if an artist deserves a second chance, plus much, much more. I promise you'll feel some kind of way. Reminder that I'm out in July for a little bit of breather on the show. In the meantime, tweet me at Billy Dukes. Find my Instagram page at Serious Journalist. Start the conversation that way. And return on Monday for episode number 68 of the Country Music Media Podcast. <laughs>